Hello, Hirok. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through Exodus, and we're uh, in another passage similar to the, the day before in that it's a, a, a scene where once again, Moses needs help, but in a very different way. So we are in Exodus 18, verses 13 through 26, where we read this. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around, around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing all their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this seems to be a, a basic <laughs> lesson in delegation, but I think there's a little bit more going on here. I, for, for one thing, uh, Moses is not only a God's appointed representative, but He's leading a nation full of people who were slaves. They were uneducated. They, they knew how to make mud bricks. They knew how to work hard and they knew how to die. And here they are having you know, no government of themselves. They, they, they need a lot of assistance. They need a lot of help. And Moses is educated as a prince. He has his, about as much education as a person possibly could have. So surely he feels this burden to uh, use his education, to use his wisdom, to use his God-appointed position and access to God in a way to benefit the people. But but once again, it's too much for him to do on his own. And in comes uh, uh, Jethro. And so Jethro comes with this wisdom. He says, Moses, what are you doing? What, what like, yeah, you must think Moses is, is an idiot. He comes as like, this, this is not good. It's not good for anybody, not just not good for you, but it's not good for the people either. And so he gives him this basic lesson in delegation says, okay, create groups of a thousand groups of a hundred groups of 50 groups of 10. This becomes manageable. Let them handle all the small matters and then they can bump up the hierarchy. And, and that way, only the matters that require, like re really require your input, um, only those you'll have to handle. Like if they can handle it, let it, let them handle it themselves. That's, that's the right way uh, to do things. And so there's this uh, aspect of delegation. 
But there's also this aspect of sharing the load. It gets more people involved in the process. You know, you think you know, someone might have an amazing gift to offer once again, like Moses, both on a from a natural perspective and from a supernatural perspective. He has something amazing to offer, but that gift does so much less good if he tries to do it all himself. Whereas there are people who are trustworthy, but less capable, who can at least carry some of the load. And this allows Moses's gift to be magnified. In fact, he can you know, help train those people, train those people who are managing thousands, and they can train the one that do that manage ten, hundreds and fifties and, and tens and all that. And, you know, I think about like, you know, Jesus uh, in, in many ways employed a similar strategy in that he spent so much of his time, not with crowds of 5,000 people, but instead with 12 people and building into them. And sometimes even just three amongst those 12, just the Peter, James, and John and building into them. And by building into them, then that would be leveraged to affect the entire world and, and, and bless even us here today. So I think it's a, a great thing to be thinking about. Like this, this delegation, I get one way someone put it to me is that everyone cares for someone and everyone is cared for by someone. That's the beauty of delegation. It's not just a matter of efficiency. It's a, it's a way of making sure that everybody is receiving care. Everyone is loved. Everyone belongs. Everyone is able to contribute in some way. Everyone is cared for and everyone cares for someone. I think that's such a, a wonderful, wonderful way to think about it. And in other words, you know, no matter how anointed you may think you are and how much you may be God's gift to the world, you know, whoever you are, no matter how gifted you are, you're going to need help for that gift to really make the impact that God wants to. And maybe the more gifted you think you are, then the more help you're actually going to need. Uh, so listen to Jethro's advice Moses did. Dave, I'm wondering what you see here. Well, of course, I'm, I'm going to read this from the perspective of somebody who's the senior pastor of a, a church. Um, and, you know, it's I just so easily see the wisdom of what Jethro is saying. And yet I also see the temptation of what Moses is doing. Um, because it's easy for us to say, you know, you're talking about, hey, Moses, you're not the only one who can do this. Uh, it is easy to see Moses as the problem here, but there's a second problem, and it's all the people that want to come to Moses. Uh, and they think Moses is the only one who can solve my problems. And so as a result, they're waiting around for days and days and days. And I just want to think this one out. So you got a bunch of people who are having, you know, it, it says when a dispute arises, uh, that, you know, they, I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. So you've got some quarreling parties and now saying, hey, I want you to sit out in the hot desert for hours and hours and hours together, hoping to finally get an audience with Moses. And so I just think, well, there's just, it's not just Moses who's suffering. It's the people who are suffering. And they're not just suffering because they're not getting the help that they need. They're getting suffering because they're not getting the sort of the experience of participating in ministry that they need. God can gift them and I think this is such an important truth. I have so many people. It, I mean, never a week, ever. Does a week go by uh, when I'm at church and somebody says, oh, I really need to meet with you. And I'm going to tell you that my honest inside, I might even say, oh, that sounds great. But inside I'm thinking, I'll bet that's not true. I'll bet there's someone better you could meet with than me. Right? Oh, you know, I'm having problems in my marriage. Okay. If you're, if you're just having kind of like blocking, attacking problems, you just need to know how to how to have constructive ways of, of having dates together and ideas about raising children. Actually, you really do a lot better meeting with Pastor Brian. Uh, oh, if you're having real conflict in your marriage or in your family and, you know, you just, you guys are, you know, sort of kind of a heated thing. 
really do better talking to Pastor John. Oh, you, you've got some questions about, about prayer and your spiritual life. Okay, you'd really do better talking to Pastor Ryan. I mean, just, and I could go on and on and on like this. People on our team who have gifts, wisdom, experience that I don't just because I have the title. And I think that's the thing is, I, I, I'm hopefully fairly, you know, I have some skill at, 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 at preaching and leading, but those two gifts are, are not sort of the, the barometer of all gifts. Just because I, I talk all about these things doesn't mean I'm the one who knows the most about them. Uh, and so I feel like, yeah, go see other pastors. But then it's not just the other pastors. So often, the person who can help you most is not some pastor that you don't really know that well, and so you get to tell your version of the story, and they go, wow, it really does sound like exactly what you think is true, because you're the only side I'm hearing. But when you are, are being able to be counseled by somebody who knows you and the person you're having the, the quarrel with, or or even if it's just internal, they know you well enough that they're actually getting data from their own observation and a relationship with you over time, not just what you're reporting to them during this session, well, those people, your small group leaders, your friends, your spouses, those are the people who can could offer so much more. And I think that we we understand in the Protestant world that you know we're we're slightly different theologically than people in the, the Roman Catholic world have tended to be. The Roman Catholic world sees uh, people as the clergy, right? They're the ones who stand between, and very much of a Jewish understanding, they stand between humanity and God. Right? They're the mediators. But, but when Christianity comes and the Holy Spirit is now spread out to all of the people, suddenly, the way Peter describes it, is that all of us are priests to God. Right? All of us. We, in fact, we're a holy nation. No longer just a holy priesthood. We are a holy nation. Right, We are, all of us, priests standing between God and humanity. And that is the ministry that we can have to the outside world, but it's also a ministry we can have to each other. Right? The, the same pastors in our church who are pastoring you, pastor me, right? They're the people I go to when I'm feeling frustrated or hurt or confused. I go to the pastors in our church because they're incredible pastors. But the same kind of folks that are the, the priests for the rest of the world, well, all of us, all of us, regardless of your professional title, if we share the Holy Spirit of God, and we're instructed by the word of God, we are called and equipped to be priests who stand between God and humanity, bringing them together. And I see that happen so well all the time, but I think that's this, the, the rich dynamic that Jethro is calling them to. It's not just, hey, this would be more convenient and efficient for you, Moses. It's actually, this reflects the reality of the fact that these people are made in the image of God. They've been told they're nothing but slaves for so long, they have no idea that they're saints. And that, I think, is, is a, an important part of, of what's happening. Hmm. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. It comes from someone who's not a prophet, not a priest, um, comes from the, the initial wisdom is coming from his father-in-law, the, the father to his wife, Zipporah. And Jethro doesn't say, just take it my advice, like, you know, consult with God, see if this seems good. And if God says to, then this is how you should do it. And and I like how you reemphasize the idea that in the end, this is not just because it's more effective or efficient, but Moses, this is this is better for you and, and it's better for the people. This is 
not only are you going to be more effective in serving them, but they get raised up. They get some of the training that, that you have had. They get some of the benefit of that because they get to learn to do a lot of this for themselves. And so th that wisdom that you would have been dispensing by yourself will now be spread out much more through the community where people will be able to um, serve each other in ways that you could never you know, do just by yourself. I think in, in the end, I think this is why Jesus says that you will do even greater things than I will. Um, I don't think it's that we have more power than Jesus does, but we certainly have more reach in the sense that there are more millions or billions of us. Yes. And, and working together and displaying like Jesus by himself can't display what faithful Christian community looks like, but together we can, we can do that by following Jesus, but do in that sense more than Jesus was able to do on his own. So we do have this calling and, and we need to take it seriously. When I think of Paul in Ephesians 4, when he talks about what is the, the role of those of us who are designated as, as pastors, it's not to do all the ministry. It's actually to equip the saints for ministry, that all Christians are called to do ministry, and we're supposed to equip them, as Moses is supposed to do, with the word of God. Let's teach them the decrees and then send them out with the Spirit's power to be able to do God's work in the world. Well, I think that's a great place to end and would make a great prayer if you'd be willing to do that. Let's pray together. God, we are so blessed to have your Holy Spirit alive inside us, counseling, correcting, encouraging, empowering us. And God, we're so blessed, especially in this era more than any other. Your, your word is literally available at our fingertips everywhere we go. God, we want to hear more than just the words on the page. God, we want to have you instruct our hearts as we come to your word. Lord, teach us and form us so that we can serve you in the world, so we can represent you, so that we can be your priests, not just people in professional ministry, but all of us who are followers of Jesus, that we could be your priests to a world that longs for reconciliation with you and doesn't even know it. God, we pray this, and I pray for the people watching today, that they would, they would receive this gift from you and respond. God, we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. It's such a privilege to be with you today as we walk through the book of Exodus, and I hope you're able to join us again tomorrow. Go in peace.